Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Recovery Talk. So for this week we are going to talk about how do I know if I'm recovered? What does it even mean to be recovered? What does it feel like, you know? Because I think sometimes when you've had an eating disorder, especially when you had it for some time, the thought of living without it can just seem super strange. Like, what do you mean I'll wake up and I don't hate myself? Is that possible? So as a recovery coach, and also as someone who had myself recovered from eating disorder, I'm here to talk a bit about this and hopefully offer some perspective and hope. But I also do want to emphasize that recovery is different for everyone. I'm going to talk a bit about how recovery feels like for me and also see some patterns I see in, you know, for instance, clients that I work with when things are starting to get better and when they're feeling better, you know, certain thoughts and patterns that disappear. And I'm also going to answer the question of is it even possible to fully recover from an eating disorder? Because this is also a question that I get a lot. I guess this episode would be a little bit philosophical almost, you know? Because there is not always a very clear-cut answer to a lot of these things. And it's also a little bit of a personal episode because I'll talk a bit about, you know, my own journey and my own recovery. Not in great detail because I don't necessarily think that is necessary. And also, as I said, recovery is so different for everyone. Mine experience is just one out of many experiences. Not every experience is like mine, right? So let me just start off by answering the question that I mentioned about is it possible to fully recover from an eating disorder? And my answer to this as someone who's had an eating disorder and someone who works with people with eating disorders and have been in that whole, you know, recovery space, supporting recoverers for many years, the answer is very simple. And the answer is yes, it is 100% possible. But here's the thing. Everyone has a different definition of what recovery is. And even with same definitions, everyone has a different experience of what recovery is like for them. And this does not mean that you should settle for quasi-recovery because, oh, that's just how recovery is like for you. Not at all. But I talk to people who are recovered and, you know, identify and call themselves recovered all the time. And they often have different experiences. Some of them just don't really have any thoughts, disordered thoughts or bad body image or anything at all. Like they're just, they don't think about it that much. They just don't care. And then there are other people who consider themselves fully recovered, but they will at times, you know, look in the mirror and not like their bodies or have a, feel like a little sneaky thought come in their head, but it's just that they are able not to act on it. And they have also greatly reduced these sneaky thoughts. And overall, it's not something that is a big problem in their life anymore. It's just like little ghosts coming to visit sometimes. Is this person not fully recovered? Because once every full moon, they will have a little sneaky eating disorder thought that they're quickly able to ignore. I wouldn't say they're not fully recovered because of that. And these people themselves would usually not say that either. And I think even people without eating disorders will sometimes have bad body image days. But it is also important to say that there are people who don't have these sneaky ghost thoughts, who've had an eating disorder and don't really experience much of that, don't really have any issues with their body image and maybe even feel very positive about their body. So I'm not saying that, oh, everyone with an eating disorder have bad body image days or have sneaky thoughts. 
not necessarily. And also what is recovered, you know, if you go by the official psychological definition, I guess it would be when someone no longer fit the diagnostic criteria for an eating disorder. But there are even people with eating disorders who don't necessarily fit the diagnostic criteria. There are also people with disordered eating or subclinical atypical forms of eating disorders who might not necessarily fit into a specific box, but still have significant issues with food, body and slash or exercise. So overall, I think it can be difficult to categorize very specifically, whether that is categorizing eating disorders or categorizing recovery. But overall, there are some things I think people who are recovered share. And that is exactly what I'm going to talk about in this episode. And these are also things that if you are in recovery and you notice more of these things as you're recovering, it's a good sign that you're on the right track. Keep going. The first thing that I see in people who are recovered, I also felt in myself, is a sense of freedom and a sense of lack of anxiety around food. In the same way that, you know, for instance, some people are scared of dogs. I'm not scared of dogs at all. I go around dogs. There's no fear response. It's actually just love response. And that's kind of similar to my response around food. There's just no anxiety. And also there's no guilt. And this I see again and again in people who are recovered and people who, you know, talk about the recovery is that there is this sense of freedom and this sense of a lack of fear around things that used to be very scary. So I mentioned food as, of course, a prime example, but it could also be things such as, you know, weight gain or weight fluctuations or, you know, skipping a workout or taking some rest. These are things that used to cause them major anxiety Whilst now it doesn't because they no longer attach the same value to it. And if they ever do have a little sneaky thought, then they're very quickly able to identify it as disordered and not act on it. And also these sneaky thoughts don't really come up as much anymore. So it could be that someone used to have their eating disorder screaming at them every time they ate a specific food, for instance, right? And now they notice that yeah, they're aware that this used to be a fear food and maybe sometimes they feel a little like, ooh, should I eat this? But they're so quickly able to shift over and just be like, oh my God, eating this sort of BS and call it out and then they eat. And it is by doing that, you eventually come to the point where the thoughts tend to just stop altogether. When I was in my recovery and especially like in the later stages of my recovery and kind of heading towards full recovery because it is a process, I noticed that it was just less and less of this fear and that when the thoughts came, because they actually didn't just stop overnight, it was a process where the thoughts would come and I would ignore them. And then every time I did that, the thoughts would become weaker. Not only would I ignore them, I would do the exact opposite action that the thoughts told me. So if the thoughts told me, hey, don't eat too much chocolate, I would make sure to eat some chocolate just to piss off those thoughts. And that's essentially the formula of recovery, you know, opposite actions, repeat, repeat, repeat. So I think to which extent recovered people have thoughts really depends on, you know, how they've done their recovery. How much have they been, you know, challenging those opposite actions? What kind of people are there around? How long have they been recovered, right? So if you're someone just fresh out of recovery, you might notice that there are certain things that might You might have even certain habits, you know, and this I see a lot on people who are, you know, recently recovered in recovery. There are certain things they do, not necessarily consciously, they just do it out of a habit. For instance, 
looking at the calories of something. They don't think I need to check the calories of this. They just turn the, the box of yogurt whatsoever automatically. And this is also important to stop. And this will stop by actually challenging and interrupting the behavior consciously. That's essentially how you break a habit. So there's always someone who is quote unquote recovered, but they haven't really challenged those habits and thoughts and patterns. So they might find themselves repeating disordered behaviors often subconsciously, they don't fully realize that some of the decisions they're making isn't in alignment with recovery, it's actually eating disorder habits. Just something to be aware of. I want to use myself as an example because I, and I might have mentioned this before, but there was a point where I was, I had been in recovery, been recovered for I think, I don't know, was it like a year or two years or something? And I generally had no fear foods, like there was nothing, no food that I was feeling comfortable with, no drink that I couldn't have. There was nothing. I was just, I was completely fine. I didn't have any fears. I challenged every single fear. But then I was at a dinner and I was served soda with sugar. And it wasn't necessarily that I was scared or actively avoiding it in my head. It was just something that I hadn't been exposed for because uh, I was living at home at that time and my mom, she wouldn't really buy it, you know, so we wouldn't really have it in the house. And it just wasn't something I thought in my head that I should go and buy just because I I'd totally forgotten about the existence of soda with sugar. And even though I was fully recovered, I was not at all scared of calories or sugar or anything. I noticed I was like, ooh, I haven't had that. I noticed that little, ooh, interesting. And I of course drank the soda, but it was just a very interesting observation. Could I have lived the rest of my life without drinking sugary soda? I mean, yeah, but it made me realize that was actually quite a good thing to challenge because I hadn't challenged it before because I haven't been exposed to it. And then by actually doing it, I realized, oh, that was not scary. And now I'm just neutral. You know, if I'm served soda, I don't necessarily care to ask if it's sugar or not in it. I just drink it. It doesn't really matter. And I think this is a good indicator of where you are in recovery. How do you handle being served, you know, a food or a drink that you're not familiar with or you haven't challenged yet? And not necessarily just about specific foods or drinks, but also about amounts. Because I see a lot of people who are very fine eating chocolate, for example, but they're not fine eating four chocolates. That causes crippling guilt. So for a person without an eating disorder, if they eat four chocolates when they didn't really want it, they're not going to feel guilt. They're just going to feel, oh, I'm quite full, you know? But a person with an eating disorder tends to feel crippling guilt. Because I'm asked a lot, oh, but how do you know the difference between stopping, if you stop eating something because you're actually full or because, you know, it's your eating disorder telling you? And I think how you feel in regards to fullness is a good indicator. So actually for me, like when I work with clients, something that I look at a lot when it comes to seeing where someone is in their recovery is actually to see how they handle fullness and how they handle eating more than they felt like. And this can seem like such a random thing to focus on, but it has an importance and here's why. A very common eating disorder mindset is that food must always be very what can I say, enjoyable. You must really crave it to eat it because if you don't, it's a waste. So there is this scarcity mindset around food where a person might not feel guilty of eating, let's say, four chocolates if they really, really crave those four chocolates. But the thought of just eating those four chocolates for no reason whatsoever, that can create crippling guilt in people. It's this mindset of, I need to enjoy it to deserve it. 
whilst the prior mindset of the eating disorder would often be like, oh, I need to, you know, have enough calories on my budget to deserve it, or I need to go to the gym to deserve it. But then the recovery that a lot of people get stuck in is I need to really, really, really want it, really, really like crave it to deserve it. And this is where a lot of people are stuck. And this is a very typical thing for like, if you're like kind of like in quasi recovery. And this is one thing I noticed, you know, when I was getting to a point where I was feeling like, oh, I'm fully recovered, was that I didn't get any guilt feeling by the thought of being very full. Even if I was full, not necessarily like, oh my God, I, I was full, I had extreme hunger, so I really craved it, I really needed it, I'm recovering, like all of these justifications. It's just like, sometimes I'm just full, sometimes I just eat a lot without necessarily analyzing it too much. And also a big indicator of being fully recovered is that food becomes less interesting. I would say that in recovery, food can become even more interesting sometimes, especially if you're like allowing yourself to eat all the foods that you have previously forbidden yourself from, which is such an important thing to do in recovery. Then food can become super exciting because you're like, oh my God, this is awesome. I can eat all of those things that I've banned myself from and now I can just eat as much as I want of them, yay. But one thing I realized with recovery is that little high that you get, it kind of goes away. And don't get me wrong, there will still be times where I'm really excited by food. Like if I'm in a restaurant and I'm getting my dinner and I'm really hungry, you know, that's exciting, of course. But food loses some of this very, what can I say? It loses its extreme appeal and control it has over you. And food become kind of like... I'm not saying it's just fuel, because I think food is so much more than just fuel. Food is culture, it's connection, it's pleasure, it's so much more than just fuel. But it's not your entire life anymore. In recovery, I was pretty much just waiting for my next meal, you know? Food was everything that was on my mind. If I was doing something outside of the house, which didn't happen often, but when I did, I was just thinking, okay, but what about my meals? How do I set this up? Okay, what food will be there? How do I do it? How when I come home? Like blah, blah, blah. Extreme hyper-focus around food and meals. And if you find yourself just like living after your food schedule, and that is just like the number one thing in your life, that is a little bit alarming. It is necessary when you are in recovery, but it's not really sustainable if you're going to live a full, meaningful life. So another thing, and this is something that I talk with clients about and see in clients as like a big, big sign that you are heading towards recovery. And that is this. You no longer feel a reward from hunger. A lot of people with eating disorders, not necessarily everyone, but quite a lot of people with eating disorders get this like reward feeling from the body or brain, from skipping meals, from going hungry. And some even describe getting a little high, you know, even getting increased energy, urges to move, restlessness. So basically their brain reward them positively by engaging in disordered behaviors, such as skipping a meal. Now what I see, there comes a point in recovery when hunger stops being rewarding. And instead, the response to hunger is more oh, this is unpleasant and I want to eat. Whenever I reach this point with my clients, it's like, yes, amazing, we are on the right track. If you find yourself feeling a reward from engaging in disordered behaviors, engaging in meal skipping, if you find you get, still get that little hunger high, then chances are you are not really fully nourished because I see that this actually tends to go away 
with refeeding and consistent refeeding. And the scary part is that sometimes if you go through a period, even if you're recovered, but if you go through a period of inadequate intake, sometimes during, due to factors completely out of your control, for instance, you might get the flu or something and you end up eating a little bit less than you need for some time. You might notice this reward thing where you get rewarded for hunger, that that comes creeping back. The good news is that you can easily correct this by just eating. You need to eat yourself out of it. And then you go back to come to a point where, you know, hunger is unpleasant. And when you're hungry, you want to eat. So just something to be aware of. And this is also why I say, if you're someone with an eating disorder, with a passive eating disorder, and you get, you know, for instance, you get the flu or you're experiencing grief, anything that really, really kills your appetite and prevents you from eating an adequate amount over, it could even just be a few days. That could be enough. Just be very mindful of how this changes how your brain rewards you for hunger. Again, doesn't happen to everyone, but it happens to some people. So that's why I'm sharing it. And I think realizing this, for a lot of my clients, realizing this was just a big, big aha moment in their own recovery. Because relapse often happens because someone is being positively rewarded for disordered behaviors in their brains. So if we can prevent that, we can also reduce the chances of relapse. So that's a big thing I noticed in my own recovery is that now, if I'm hungry, I just feel kind of like, oh, I just want to eat. I want to eat now. I just want food. And then I go and eat. And after I've eaten, um, full, unsatisfied, and I go on with my day. During my eating disorder, I almost felt like eating made me more hungry. This I see in a lot of people with eating disorders and also people in recovery. And this was such a massive change for me, especially someone coming from a background of like binge purge anorexia, where I would have these extreme binges. I would just never feel full. The thought or the feeling of eating a meal, being full and moving on with my day, that was just baffling. When I saw other people doing that, I thought they were lying. I thought they just had more self-control than me. But now I actually have an urge to eat, eat the food that takes away the urge, I move on. So that was a massive, massive change. But there's something important I need to say about this. I got to that point by allowing myself to eat, even if it was after a meal, just because I was still thinking about food or was still mentally or physically hungry after a meal. I allowed myself to eat. And that's kind of ironically how I came to the point of experiencing fullness was by going through a period of not experiencing fullness and eating beyond the point of fullness. So if you are eating and you're still obsessively thinking about food, even though you might even be physically full, then chances are you need to eat more. This is mental hunger. And we know that hunger and recovery can often present itself mentally rather than physically. So yeah, big, big change for me. Experiencing that food satisfied me and that eating made me full rather than more hungry. And that being hungry didn't make me full. <laughs> Sounds so bizarre, but... I know this is something a lot of people experience in recovery and with eating disorders. And this is also something I see in clients, you know, that they, they just respond very differently to meals and food. But again, usually you have to go through a period of eating beyond the point of fullness to come into a point where you can really tell your hunger and fullness cues. Because these cues are out of whack and they will be for some time. Another thing that I want to mention is body image. And this is such a paradox, okay? What I see time and time again with people in recovery and also experience myself in recovery is that body image 
it worsens temporarily in recovery, but then with recovery, it actually improves, even if you are gaining weight. So basically, my body image during my eating disorder was very bad. My body image in recovery, especially in the earlier stages, was even worse. But then my body image after recovery, even though I've gained weight, was a lot better. And you might think that doesn't make any sense because, you know, in recovery, I had gained a bit of weight. And then you would think, oh, well, if you're gaining more, then you're going to feel even more uncomfortable because you're already feeling uncomfortable about that weight gain. I understand why people would think that way, but it's just realistically not what tends to happen. Not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying observing people with eating disorders again and again, working with them, and also studies about eating disorders and body image, you know, how people with eating disorders perceive their bodies and body dysmorphia. We see that recovery actually improves body image, but it often gets worse before better. Recovered people are able to see their bodies more realistically and tend to see their bodies as a whole rather than zooming in on individual body parts. And even though recovered people sometimes have body image issues, it is more that they are able to go on with their lives despite it. It is not the focal point of their lives anymore. So it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, I don't love my thighs. I don't think they're like the nicest thighs ever, but who cares, you know, in the same way that I don't have strong opinions on my elbows, right? So it seems to be a little bit more of a body neutral approach. Me personally, when I was recovered, I was really just focusing on body neutrality. I still had some difficulty seeing my body completely realistically. Didn't quite like it, didn't quite trust how I saw it. But then after a few years, I kind of feel like I gradually fell in love with my body. And this sounds almost narcissistic, but now I genuinely do quite like my body. I like how it feels like, I mean, most of the time. And I like what it does for me. I like how it looks like. I overall like my body, I have a very good body image and you know, I'm confident naked and all of that. But that actually did take some time. And very often right after recovery, it can take some time to get to know and get used to your new body. So overall recovered people place less value on thinness, place less value on the aesthetics of their body and don't really make that the most important thing about themselves anymore and they tend to feel better about their bodies. And they also tend to be able to look back at, you know, their sick bodies and be able to be more objective and be like, okay, yeah, that was not a good body for me. When I look back at pictures of myself when I was sick, I'm just like, oh my God. Oh my God, how didn't I see how I looked like? So overall, I think recovery is about flexibility, about meaning and purpose outside of an eating disorder, and also outside of recovery. And I know this is something I've spoken about before, how some people can find themselves stuck in that in-between space, find themselves stuck in recovery. But recovery is not supposed to last forever. Recovery is supposed to be the bridge that takes you from you know, illness to health. It's not supposed to be a forever destination. It might be a sometimes destination. You know, if you have a difficult time, you have a relapse, you know, then you go back into recovery. But overall, I do think recovery should have an end point. At least that is how I work. And I know some people disagree with that. They're just like, oh yeah, recovery is forever. You're always going to be in recovery. I just don't really think that's a very empowering way of viewing it. And it also is quite demotivating to be like, oh yeah, you're going to struggle with this for the rest of your life. You're never going to be free. And also it just isn't true. Like, I don't feel like I'm in recovery now. Absolutely not. 
if anything, I feel like I have a healthier body image and a relationship to food compared to many people without eating disorders. And this is something I see a lot, and this is very, very interesting. Very often I see people who've had eating disorders and recovered, very often they actually seem to have healthier body image and relationship to food compared to the average person. Because they have so actively decided to decline diet culture and not engage in any form of those behaviors. It's essentially a very hard-earned lesson. And this is also why I think people who have had eating disorders can treat eating disorders as well and often can be very good at treating eating disorders if they are fully recovered of course and i know this is a controversial one again not saying that only people who have had an eating disorder have have you know rejected diet culture and have a good healthy relationship with food that's not at all what i'm saying but i am saying that just because someone have had an eating disorder don't necessarily mean that they will be trapped in diet culture forever actually very often it could be the exact opposite it could be a strong rejection of diet culture this is something I see that successfully recovered people have in common. It's just that there is a complete rejection of diet culture and an acceptance that they can't diet again and that controlling their body or food is not something that they can engage in and live a full, healthy, eating disorder-free life. Overall, recovery feels like freedom. It feels like... It doesn't feel like not having any problems anymore. This is something I think a lot of people get wrong. They're like, oh yeah, recover, I'm going to recover, and then everything in my life is going to be easy and good. That's not really the case. I would say it's about having better and easier problems than an eating disorder. So now I still have problems in my life, but the problems I have are a lot better and more manageable than an eating disorder that was sabotaging my life and health. And overall, I just have so much brain space and free space. You know, I used to spend all my time and energy just on food. That would just be the only thing I care about, only thing I think about. And now I just have space in my brain for other things. And not having to constantly think about food or constantly be anxious about food and constantly hate myself, that is the best thing recovery did for me. And when I talk to recovered people... They never regret recovering. Some may have days where they romanticize their eating disorder a little bit, but they don't regret recovery. I guess it's the same thing for other things to recover from, you know. I haven't heard of an alcoholic who strongly regretted recovering from alcoholism, right? Or or recovering from drug abuse. Because an eating disorder or any kind of addiction, it gives you a high in those moments. You know, it gives you these little highs. It could be a hunger high. It could be the high of, oh, I lost some weight whatsoever. But that high is killing you. Don't confuse that high for happiness. Just like you shouldn't confuse, you know, the bus of a drink or a drug if you're an addict for happiness. Happiness is peace and happiness is living in alignment with yourself and your own values. And you know what? Me counting the calories of my bubble gum, that was not me. That was a disease. That was not my life's purpose and it's not yours either. So back to the question, how do I know if I'm recovered? I want to say that maybe you don't necessarily need to focus so much on setting yourself in the box of recovered versus in recovery maybe instead you just need to focus on you know doing recovery promoting actions and always doing what feels wrong until it feels right and then you might one beautiful future day just catch yourself catch yourself doing something 
and realizing, oh, I used to have a major reaction to this and now I don't. So ironically, I think that being recovered means not necessarily asking yourself so often, am I recovered? You don't really need to that reassurance because you're just living your life too busy thinking about it. Then you have those beautiful moments that I mentioned when you're just like, wow, I'm alive. And that is what recovery is all about. That's why you're doing this. Recovery is about forgetting your eating disorder and also forgetting recovery. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I could have, you know, spoken so much longer on this. Uh, but, you know, we do have a time restraint here. And in terms of listener question, this whole episode was essentially a listener question. Actually, a listener question I've gotten quite a lot. So I won't have an additional question because, you know, I covered a question in a whole episode. I do that sometimes when I get questions that I feel like, you know, there's so there's so much to go into that I feel like a whole episode on it could be helpful. Thank you for listening and I will see you guys next week.